We're continuing in our series on how to live a Holy Spirit-led life. This is how we live. The mighty Holy Spirit lives in us. He's the second comforter. The first one was Jesus. If you want to really know how the Holy Spirit's going to lead you, read the four Gospels, see how Jesus led his disciples. Because he said, this is another comforter, It's one of the same exact kind. In other words, the Holy Spirit will lead you exactly like Jesus. So you can know him. You can know how he leads. So this is week four, and we want to get into some good things tonight. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We're going to review some foundational scriptures. There's four or five scriptures that I've been reading every time just to lay a foundation. If this is your first time, go back and listen to these messages. Get our church app, get the CDs. I mean, they're so expensive, they're a dollar. Unless you don't have a dollar, then we'll give it to you. Because this is all, the reason we exist is to reach people and change lives. We wanna get the word out, right? This July 3rd, 2019 will be the quietest the voice of our church will ever be. July 4th, it'll get louder. July 7th, it'll even get louder because God is working, right? So John chapter 14, verse 16, I'm going to read it in the amplified version because it brings out a parenthetical definition of a helper that shows us some of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus speaking, this is the last interaction that Jesus would have before going to the cross. And he's telling his disciples, he's like, listen, guys, Now, they've been living with him for three and a half years, and he's going, now, where I'm going, you can't come right now, but don't worry about that. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another comforter. So here it is in verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Comforter. Who is this helper? He's the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. Have you ever needed comfort before? Wow. Nobody can comfort you like the Holy Spirit. He'll cause the peace of God to just flow out of righteousness until it completely changes everything in your life. He's also our advocate. Our advocate, he's our attorney. So he is the one. He's with you all the time. He's our intercessor. Now, he's our intercessor. The mere fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you forever tells you that you're a child of God connected to the Father. Jesus, he ever lives to make intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. What that means is the fact that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father forever settles and proves that we're connected to the Father. Colossians says it this way, our lives have been tucked away in Christ, in God. Isn't that awesome? It says not only is he our advocate, He's an intercessor, but he's also our counselor. You know, he is the counselor. He will counsel you in every aspect of your life. Everything. He'll even tell you what color looks best on you. I mean, he is about everything in your life. He's also our strengthener. Man, the Bible says, be strong In the Lord, in the Greek language, it says, be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord. 
The Bible says this in Romans 8, 11. If so be the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. He'll heal it. He'll restore it to health. He'll make it whole. Part of that quickening, he'll strengthen you. Man, I'm telling you, when you're facing something in life, not, notice I didn't say if, but when you face something in life where there's no way out, it's bigger than you, looks like there's no way you could overcome in this, all of a sudden, on the inside of you, he'll come alongside and take hold together with you, and all of a sudden, there's a strength to where you know, I cannot be defeated, and I'll never quit, and I'm immovable now. Not because of me, but because of him. Amen? He's also our standby. I mean, isn't it awesome to have a standby? He's always there. He's always there to make up anything, do anything that you need. He's our standby. And we could go deeper into these things, but I love this part. He's going to be with us forever. Isn't that awesome? Forever. 100,000 years from now, wherever we are, whatever God has us doing, He's going to be with us. What's he going to be doing? Strengthening us. Doing all these things. He, because he's God, he never changes, right? Verse 17, the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. What that means is he's the agent of divine revelation. See, the Bible, you don't learn the Bible. You discern the Bible. Oh, you can learn and memorize scripture and, 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 and say what it says and recite what it says, but he will bring revelation. He will actually open it for you because the entrance of his word brings light and it becomes a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So he is the one that brings revelation of the word of God. I'm telling you, it's so good to know that you have God on the inside of you to teach you the word. If you want to know the word, he'll teach you. Amen. It says here, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and shall be in you. Well, it's not, uh, it's not shall be in you anymore, is it? It's, it's he is in us. Yes. Now we jump over to John 15, verse 26. Talking about the, now this is the same interaction Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, but when the comforter, that's the Greek word parakletos, means the one that's called alongside us to help us. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify. That means he'll bear witness of me. So we see the Holy Spirit, not only is he a counselor, a comforter, an intercessor, you know, not only is he a strengthener and a standby, a helper, not only does he come alongside and take hold together with us against something, against whatever we face, the greater one, but now we see he always bears witness of Jesus, who is the word of God. He'll always bear witness of the word. If anything is telling you anything and it's apart from the word, it's not the Holy Spirit because all he talks about is Jesus. And he bears witness. Isn't that good? 
John 16, 13 is the other scripture. Gives another aspect of his ministry in our life. John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all the truth. So not only will he bear witness of Jesus, but now he will guide you like a tour guide into the word of God. See, as you peer into Revelation, like when you meditate in scriptures, as you peer into it, you'll continually go deeper into it. Who takes you deeper is the Holy Spirit. He's your tour guide. Do you know he's been in every day of your life or I should say it correctly, he is in every day of your life right now. Now, our mind has a hard time wrapping itself around that because we live in time, but he doesn't live in time. So he's on the inside of me right now, but he's also in my tomorrow inside of me. He's, he's everywhere. He knows everything the enemy's going to try to attack me with. He's going to know every circumstance and he's going to guide me through the minefield so that I'm always one step ahead of the enemy. So that's why for a Christian, I go from glory to glory to glory. It's not win a few, lose a few. No, we win all of them. I mean, even when we choose to get in our flesh and we take an off-ramp that we shouldn't have and the enemy comes in and does some stuff, all we do is repent and then the Holy Spirit will make the enemy bring that back and he'll lead us and guide us. So see, it's never over. You know how it says that certain games are not over until somebody sings? <laughs> this game's already over and you've already won. See, Jesus didn't say on that cross when he gave up, his, gave up the ghost, gave up his spirit, he didn't say it's almost finished. He says it is finished. Right? You are already a world overcomer. What is the victory that overcomes the world, according to 1 John, though? It's our faith. It's the fact that I'm fully persuaded that what God said is true. What God said Jesus did, I believe it. So it's done. I don't judge circumstances, or I don't judge the word by circumstances. I judge the word of God to be true because God said it right? It says he'll guide you into all truth. Now in Romans 8, 14, as we go over there, we start to, we're, we're narrowing this down a little bit, and we said this last, the last four weeks, Romans 8, 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, right? They are the sons of God, or in the Greek, they are the mature coming of age sons of God. So you should expect the Holy Spirit to lead you in your life. Verse 16 tells us how he does it. The number one way he does it. The Spirit himself. The King James says itself, but we know it's himself because it's the Greek word autos. It's himself. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how the Holy Spirit leads us. He never leads you by your mind. He doesn't lead you by your emotions. People make decisions all the time based on their emotions. And they get themselves in trouble. See, if you're carnal, if, well, if you walk in the flesh at all, 
You're always going to want something to be new and make you feel good and all this stuff. And oh, this, the Holy Spirit loves it. He just can lead the body of Christ all over the place and get people out of their position. And then all of a sudden they're wondering why nothing is working. Right? Well, this is the thing. If you just don't allow yourself to do this, he'll bear witness with your spirit. It's a sure guide. The Spirit himself will bear witness with our spirit that we're a child of God. When you're facing something, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will bring the Word of God up and say, listen, you're my child. You speak to that. You get that out of your life. You don't take that thought. You, you talk to that. You talk to that symptom. You command it to leave because it's contrary to who you are as a child of God. Right? Right? If, you, if your finances are going backwards, the Holy Spirit will rise up inside of you and say, no, your path as a child of God is one of increase. Your path is not decrease. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack, right? He'll bring the word up. It's just a constant, it's a flow. You know, when you live by faith, what you do is you put God's word first. You give it your undivided attention. You keep it ever before your eyes and you keep it in the midst of your heart. So what happens now as the word is alive in the midst of your heart, now what happens is the walk of faith is you're walking out of the motivation that's flowing out of your spirit. See, this is a flow. It's not mechanical. This is why you could learn all the principles and you'll, you'll be like a guy who's trying to learn how to play basketball and he reads every book on basketball and then he goes out and tries to play at a Division I college level. Are you kidding me, right? You learn the game of basketball when you play it. Well, this is how, see... How God etches the word of God on your heart is he does it as you're walking with him. It's a flow. So, so nothing's being etched on your heart until you're walking. See, meditating in the word of God is, is you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's down on the inside of you and he's teaching your spirit the word of God. And your spirit, as it's gaining revelation, will translate that into a thought and communicate it to your mind. And you're saying it out of your mouth. So now the word of God is working in your heart. It's coming out of your mouth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or let's say you're facing a physical, something physical, and maybe your body's hurting, and you're laying there, and it's late at night, and you just, you know, you get up, and you go sit in your living room, and you're like, Father, I thank you. That by, your, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. You know, and you just start speaking the word. What happens is as you meditate in the word, it's building a road, a bridge, to take you from being a hearer to being a doer of the word. And as you're walking that, out of that motivation in your heart, you're not moved by what you see. You're not moved by what you feel. You're only moved by what you believe. And you never take your eyes off Jesus because you know, if I do, I'm going to grow weary and faint in my mind. So now I fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm not looking for the blessing. I, I just am falling in love with the blesser. But I don't even, I, I mean, it's like all I could see is him. And the winds and waves of my life, they don't matter anymore. 
because I'm not trying to get something. I already know I have it. I've reached through the veil and I've grabbed hold of the promise of God. And I know it's only a matter of time before I see it in this realm. But you know what? I know it's going to overtake me. And I'm expecting it. The hope, the confident, joyous expectation that I have. I'm preaching out of my spirit right now, so this is for somebody. But the confident, joyous expectation that I have, it becomes, as the Word of God says, it's an anchor for my soul. I'm not hoping like it may happen, it may not. No, I know I have it. I get up and I'm excited about tomorrow. I'm excited as I grow older in this earth and as I move from phase to phase in the plan of God because I'm just going to get stronger in Him. Does that make sense? And nothing can stop me because nothing can stop Him and I'm in Him. Praise God. The last scripture that's so foundational that we've gone through is Proverbs 20, 27, where it says in Proverbs 20, 27, it says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit, will guide us, will enlighten us, how? Through our spirit. Not through our mind, not through our will, our emotions, not through our flesh, the feelings. No, no. He lights our path. He lights our spirit. How does he light our spirit? The Holy Spirit opens the word of God up in your spirit and your spirit becomes a lamp. And the Holy Spirit will use your spirit to guide your life. He will use you. See, he doesn't talk to your mind because God's not surfacy. He wants intimacy. Right? He goes right to the source. Because I'm not a body and neither are you. I, I live in one. Right? I'm a spirit man and I possess a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And this is how I'm led in my life. It is in the presence of God. We made this statement. There's a couple statements that are huge. It is in the presence of God. It is in the presence of God that he reveals his will to you and shows you his way, or I should say it this way, shows you his course of action. Always in his presence. Always in his presence. Right? Hallelujah. 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 I can't stress that enough. See, what the enemy is going to do is get you up to here with your own life. And if you're up to here with your own life and your own plans, it will dull your sensitivity to being led by the Spirit of God. In other words, if you're all about yourself, and have you ever noticed as the circumstances get turned up, as the diagnosis becomes more serious, as the financial pressure becomes more intense, all that's designed to do is take your eyes off the Lord. Well, we thank God that we have authority in the name of Jesus, don't we? So right now, because of what's going on outside, we speak to this storm in the name of Jesus. Storm... You cannot damage this building, property, or any car in this parking lot 
with any hail in Jesus' name. We bind you and we shut you down. You cannot damage any part of this property or any vehicle in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, it's in the presence of God that he leads us. So this is why I, 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 I forget everything else and I fix my eyes on him, knowing he knows what you need. He'll give you a desire you believe you receive, and then all that's left to do is thank him. But you keep your eyes on him, right? Because see, being led by the Spirit of God, it's not a set of principles that you learn. It's not a skill that you obtain. It's a sensitivity that you maintain. And you don't want to dull yourself by being up to here with you. And you also don't want to do this. You don't want to beat yourself up if you're up to here with you. This is why it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore, now that you're in Christ, no condemnation to those that be in Christ Jesus. So forget the guilt, shame, condemnation. If you're doing something that you know, your heart's going, man, stop allowing that sin nature to operate. Just confess that sin before the Lord. And then forget about it and walk with him. But we don't let anything... We're, we're probably going to spend some time talking about a clear conscience. See, so many people, they're so into just themselves. There's people who are trying to do something for God, and all God wants to talk to them about is, listen, I've got a great plan for you in the ministry, but you got to start treating your husband or treating your wife better. Because if you don't deal with some weaknesses in your life, it'll short-circuit everything. The Lord told me, he said, Tony, you're going to have to go all the way in the love walk to do what I've called you to do. I'm like, oh yeah, no problem, Lord. That's just no problem at all. Twelve years later, I'm like, wow. But I got to tell you, it's getting easier, right? So, so as we go, though, as we walk, the Lord also said this to me. He said, Tony, following my plan for your life will expose every weakness in you, every one. And he said, if you'll give each one of those weaknesses to me as it shows up, I'll turn them into strengths. But if you don't turn those weaknesses over to him so that you work on your weaknesses and, and, let, and overcome them in him, it'll dull you spiritually. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself going, how in the world did I ever get here? If you are occupied with your own plans, I can't say this enough. If you're occupied with your own plans, it will dull you spiritually. This is, is where so many people miss it. So how does it work? The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. So what happens now is the Holy Spirit speaks or impresses your spirit. Notice it doesn't say he tells you things to come. He always shows you things. So he'll impress your spirit. Your spirit, like I said before, will take that impression and turn it into a thought and communicate that to your mind. It'll sound like you. And sometimes you'll be sitting here going, okay, is this me or is this God? Well, keep your heart full of the word because the word of God is the only thing that discerns between soul and spirit. 
It'll tell you what's you and what's God. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Does that make sense? So now, that's the inward witness. That's the number one way that the Holy Spirit will always lead you. It's always the way he leads. So the Holy Spirit is given to us to bring revelation knowledge to our hearts of everything that God has freely given us. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit then guides us into this spiritual truth. This is why if you try to understand God with your mind or your feelings, you're going to miss it. Because it's much deeper than that. Because see, when you learn how to just flow with him, that you, you, will, you literally will bet your life on everything. You start to live life like this. You're not trying to get anything. You know you already got everything. You're not all stressed about why isn't this happening. No, your, your, your life is literally, you're just dripping with the peace of God, the strength of God, the love of God. And you're just so excited that I'm telling you, your whole life becomes not about you. And that's when you start walking like Jesus. So this is very important. Knowing more about God on the inside is what turns our life to him. That's a principle. I would write that. I, I think I'm going to write that on a wall in my gym at home because this is so important. You can go from somebody who has no desire for God. There's Christians because they're all, they're, their diet, they're eating the wrong stuff. They're eating the world. And they, they want to serve God, but they just don't want it very much. You can change all that if you just start getting in the Word of God, feeding on the Word, getting to know Him. Because as you get to know Him, He's irresistible, and pretty soon it'll just turn your life right towards Him. And all of a sudden you'll have a desire for Him that you've never even imagined before. And then you realize after you walk with Him for a while... That, that you just, you get in his presence and you stay there and it just gets brighter and brighter. And that's what the word of God means, that the path of the righteous, it grows brighter and brighter to the full day. See, full day is face to face. But man, I'm telling you, we live with him now. He's so real to me that I know when I see Jesus face to face, when I see the Father face to face, when I see the Holy Spirit face to face, I'll be like, yeah, I, I've seen that look before. I've sensed it down on the inside of me. God loves you so much. The revelation of who God is, which is what the Holy Spirit does as he leads you, that is what keeps you steady through every storm in your life. That's what keeps you steady in the fight of faith from the time that you believe you receive until the time that you have it in this realm. What keeps you steady always is knowing him. Revelation of who he is. We know God on the inside, right? He writes his word on our heart again as we walk with him. So in everything that we've said, we finished last week by this. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Let's look at that. Let's go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Hallelujah. I love teaching on the Holy Spirit. It's my heart's desire that, that, that the Lord would bring revelation knowledge to your heart so that you can know the mighty Holy Spirit, that you know how to flow with him and walk with him and walk in him. It's a lifestyle. It's 24-7. It's all the time. Man, I'm telling you, whenever I step out of that and start to go in my flesh, I just, it just is, I, I got to jump right back in because I can't not live this way. It's how we were made to live. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Now, now watch this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's relationship. That's oneness. That's what's, what's happening now is the word is first place and I'm meditating in it day and night. So now I, I'm getting to know him and I trust him. So I'll know I'm trusting him with all my heart because trust in him is expressed out of my life in the form of rest. So when I trust him with all of my heart, I am now resting, which means I have ceased from trying to figure it out. I've ceased from trying to do my own works. I'm just trusting in him. Oh, the enemy will ask you all the time, how's this going to work out? And the answer to that is, I don't know and I don't care. All I know is it's going to work out because he's the God of how it's going to work out. Satan, you really want to know how it's going to work out? Go ask him. Oh, you don't want to do that? You still got that lump on your head from when he cast you out of heaven? Oh, okay. You still got those several other lumps out of your head when Jesus said it was finished? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, oh, that, that lump came from Jesus' heel, didn't it? Just a little pastoral humor in the midst of all this, right? So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. What that does is it causes us to lean not on our own understanding. I'm no longer relying on my ability to figure it out. Why? Because all of my trust is in him. And so when I trust in him with all of my heart and I'm not relying on my own understanding in any way, what happens now, I am now in all of my ways acknowledging him. In other words, his word is first place in my life. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. In everything that I'm doing, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you want me to say? Is this where you want me to go? In this position now, it says, and, or as a result of you doing those first three things, he shall direct your paths. Do you know why you have to do those three things before he'll do that? It's not because he doesn't want to. He can't violate your will. So you have to position yourself so that he can direct your paths. Know this in your life right now tonight. He wants to direct your paths. And if you'll trust in him, stop relying on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct your paths. Why? Because now you're, it's in him that you're living, moving, and having your being, right? So this is how that scripture works. So now let's look at Jesus. Go to John chapter 6, verse 38. 
we're going to start to talk about something that is so important in a spirit-led life, and it's not talked about a lot. Jesus, it says in John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word of God is Jesus' eternal name. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says in verse 14, and the Word became flesh, and it took upon itself flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. So we see that Jesus is the word of God. So when you read your Bible now, what I'm looking for, I don't care what book I'm reading, because every page, every verse, every word of this book reveals Jesus. So what I'm looking for and, and see, now, the reason what I'm looking for, because this is what the Holy Spirit is going to be showing me, is the pattern of Jesus in the Word of God. Why? Because I'm to walk like He walked. So, to be led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has to give us a revelation of the pattern of Jesus in the Word. Because the Bible says as we peer into the pattern, as we peer into the word, we're now changed into the very image of Jesus from glory to glory. You and I are the body of Christ. This is how it all works. So John chapter 6, verse 38. Let's look at who Jesus is. John 6, 38 says, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will. If you want to walk like Jesus walked, this will have to be your statement. I am not here on the earth to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Now the Father sent Jesus, and Jesus sent us in the exact same way. So I am not here to live and to do, and to go to church, and to work wherever I want. I have to go to church, to work, to all these things, what he wants, because my whole life, I'm not here to do my will. So if you want to do your will, you're never going to be able to live a spirit-led life. Does that make sense? This is huge. See, this is what happens to us. And we're Americans, so we're really good at this. We want God to approve our plans. I mean, even our plans of ministry. Man, I just want to go do this. You know, if you'll notice, God never lines up with you and I. We have to line up with him. Thank God, because we're not God. Right? We are not in the earth to do our will. We're in, our, in the earth to do his will. But here's the thing. If you abide in him and his words abide in you, he says, you will ask whatever you will. Now, if you study that in the Greek, it says, you and I will ask. It literally means that your will and God's will becomes one and it'll be done. So this is the cool thing. What will fulfill you in life? What will cause you to live a life of your dreams to the point where everybody who knows you, both Christian and non-Christian, will look at you and go, what in the world is going on in your life? 
You're always in the right place at the right time with the right heart doing the right thing. Everything that you face, that it, it looks like it's going to take you out and then you come out further ahead. Everything, every time you always end up ahead. What is that? And you're so happy. And you're like, it's because I'm living a life of my dreams. Why? Because I'm not here to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So now I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading because I have no blind spots. You know, I have a car. This thing has cameras everywhere. We go on vacation and we have this, this, uh, this rental car that doesn't even have a backup camera. And I'm in this thing, I'm like, I feel like I can't see anything. A lot of Christians live like that. Right? I mean, they just, there's so many blind spots. Any area you have pride in, the first manifestation of pride in your flesh is a blind spot. You don't see it. You have Christians that are running all over, trying to get words from God, trying to run in from counselor to counselor, pastor to pastor, tell me what to do, and their life is a mess because God will talk to you. He wants to talk to you, spirit to spirit, but he can't because you've got so many blind spots in your life. You have people that think that they are spiritual giants, and what they are is giant wrecking balls in churches. They say God tells them to leave, and when they leave, there's just a breath of fresh air that fills the building. Why is that? I mean, I remember when, when I, I, well, I, I hate telling myself like this. I remember when the Lord came to me and said, Tony, I had to remove you from that church because the gifts I placed in you bring great influence, and you were not helping that pastor or that work of mine at all. Man, I was on my face going, oh, Lord, that will never happen again. I had no idea. Why? Because I was in pride. Now, was I out trying to split the church? No. I just wasn't supporting that pastor the way that I should. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't ever want to be in that place again. So I, every day I ask the Lord, show me what I'm not seeing. Show me what I'm seeing wrong. Because here's the problem with all of us. We have sin nature in our flesh. And, and, and if I get my eyes off Jesus, my unrenewed mind will side with the sin nature in my flesh and I'll start to go a way that I'm not supposed to go. And it'll produce death in my life. So can we give everybody that we know who's a Christian a break? Can we just get our eyes completely off of what everybody else is doing and get our eyes completely on what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do? Actually, get our eyes completely on just falling in love with Jesus. And you'll see, see, don't get down on somebody if they do you wrong. They're just blind. It's a blind spot. Pray for them. Don't worry. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. That cost me 10 grand. Listen, your father owns the universe. And he'll bring a lot more than 10 grand back to you. Money is not an option. You have no competition. Your plan is unique. You could actually, whatever field you are in, you could pray and, and just bless all your competitors and they can't stop you from you being number one. Because the God of heaven is behind you. Isn't that awesome? See, God never has to take from one to give to another. He can bless everybody. Isn't that good news? 
So look what else it says. Because of this, we can't pick or choose. So then in John, go back to John 4, verse 34. Because Jesus is explaining this. He goes really in detail. He says, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's exactly the way we are to live. You look at that scripture and you're like, this is the pattern. This will lead me into how to be led by the Spirit. My meat, this, this word meat in the Greek means my food, my nourishment, my strength is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. God has a plan for your life that will literally be a sign and a wonder to the unbeliever. They will look at your life and go, wow. And, and, and this is not when you attain it. No, no, this all starts when you simply make a decision that this will be me. And you'll start saying it. My, my Father, my strength, my nourishment, everything about this, about doing your will, that is my everything. And your mind will go, oh, you hypocrite. And then you'll be like, and by the way, Father, I have no idea how to walk that out. So then the Holy Spirit will just go off on the inside of you and go, don't worry about it. I'm your helper. I'm your counselor. I'll guide you into it. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to figure any of it out. Knowing the will of God begins, right? Begins in his presence. What's another aspect of where it begins? At the act of you and I submitting to the written word. Now that's both a, man, pastor, that's great preaching, and ouch. Because there's people that sit in church and they wonder why they're never growing spiritually. Because there's something that God's shown them in the Word, and they're not willing to do it. For many, honoring God in their finances blows them right out of the water. Are you kidding me? I make way too much money to tithe, to bring, or to give God, they'll say it like this, to give God 10%, the first 10% of what I earn. And, you know, like I would, ever, I would always tell people this, oh, you don't, you don't have to give God the first 10% of what you earn. As a matter of fact, you can't. Because the first 10% doesn't belong to you. You have to bring it to them. You can't give it to them. I'm just messing around. But, you know, but that stops people. They don't honor God in their finances. Why? Because they don't trust him. Because, man, as you trust him and you know, oh, my gosh, bringing him the tithe opens the windows of heaven above me, pours out the blessing of Abraham. It's way beyond money. But the money aspect of it is, is pretty good. Then offerings. I honor God. For some people, here's another big one. Unforgiveness. I just can't forgive that person that really hurt me. There, see, everything begins. The spirit-led life begins as, as you make a decision, I'm going to submit to the written word of God. A lot of people are never going to be able to walk into what God has for them to do. Or we call that the revealed will of God because they're not doing the written word of God. See, the good news about Faith Family Church is you're going to hear the word. The bad news 
is you're going to hear the word. So, 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 but it's really not bad news because, see, if you choose not to submit to the written will of God, the enemy's going to just mess with you your whole life. An enemy who's been defeated, who Jesus completely stopped, is going to mess with you. So I say, let's just give it up. See, God is life. He'll never tell you to do anything that could hurt you. It's impossible. It's impossible. All roads with him lead to life. All roads leaning to your own understanding, living out of your flesh, all roads, they, they just go right to death. What the word of God says about love, forgiveness, all these things, it's the written will of God. We have to submit to that. If I cannot submit myself to God's known will for my life, then I won't have the ability to submit to the future revealed will of God for my life. I won't have the courage to do it. I won't have the strength from him to do it. And what'll happen is I'll live. No, now at first you might think you're doing okay. But, but you'll never be able to get beyond. God wants to make ways where there is no way. God doesn't want your career to set you up financially. He, he, has, he wants your career to provide seed to sow so that he can give you a lifestyle. And our lifestyle, number one part of a Christian's lifestyle is we give big because that's who we are right? Have you ever wanted to just, I mean, there's right now we're in, we're in situations where I would just love to just go here. You know, uh, a really good friend of mine, a uh, really good friend is going to be starting a church here in this fall down in Texas. And, uh, and he's on our corporate board and, and he's stepping into a whole new phase of ministry. Man, you don't think I want to just bless. I wish I could just go here. Here's a hundred grand right here. Just go for it, right? There's going to be things God's going to put. You watch. It's going to be really awesome when we pay off this church building because it's already paid for. But once that money comes in and you see this glass bowl up here and we're burning the mortgage, that's going to be great. But it's going to be really great when we're sowing into other churches and ministries paying off their buildings because that's in us. But see, it all, it all starts by us submitting to the Word of God. God does not approve something that is not His will. The beginning of finding God's will for your life is submitting to God's written Word so that you can walk in His presence in fellowship with Him. The reason why God does everything is one reason, so that you can know him. So as I submit to his written will, now I am able to walk in his presence in fellowship with him. Does that make sense? And that's where you find, that's the spirit-led life. This is where the leading of the Lord starts in a person's life. I could teach you seven steps to being led by the spirit, but unless you go and you get alone and you peer into these scriptures and you make a decision, you'll never get to the starting place of being led by the Spirit of God. 
I would like to tell you it's different, but it's not. But I, I really want to tell you it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I feel like I'm just starting out in all this stuff. But I got to tell you, I believe it's building. Because God, he's really not into addition. He likes multiplication. He loves multiplication. See, this is the thing. And this is from God's perspective. God knows this. The minute fellowship is broken with him, not relationship because we're his child, right? But the minute fellowship is broken because we're not willing to submit to the written word, we're living out of our flesh, but the minute fellowship is broken, what comes in? Fear. Fear comes in. It's a, it's a principle in the word of God, and this is where everything goes awry because fear will connect you to everything that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Fear is the opposing force of faith. So you walk in fellowship with God. This is why as we walk, if we'll fix our eyes on him, if we'll forget the blessing and just focus on the blesser. Do we believe in a prosperity gospel? Absolutely. God is a God of prosperity. But here's step number one. If you seek the things, you'll never get them with God because it doesn't work that way. You seek him, and he just adds stuff. See, I am supposed to harvest into my wife's life. I believe that's why God gave Adam Eve. Because sometimes God, guys can get so into what they're doing in their own little world, right? We have different rooms, and if we don't like a room, we just shut the door, and we go into another room, and we're good. See, as a pastor, I sow into your lives, but while I'm sowing, I'm telling you, God's harvesting into my life. So in reality, this is how come you hear me say this all the time. Thank you for you guys. Because you help me. Tremendously. But it all starts, the will of God is found in his presence, walking in fellowship. But in order to do that, you have to submit to his written word. Broken fellowship brings fear into your life, and this cuts us off from knowing and understanding God's will for our life. If you study the book of Romans, and it's getting so big in me, I found myself the other day, I, I literally studied chapter one of Romans all day. Because I, I, I just, it, it's, it's so huge in me. This book was written on how to walk in victory. And in Romans chapter 12, it's a continuation from chapter eight. Chapter eight is the victory chapter. How to walk in victory in every area of your life. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tells us, you got to present your body a living holy sacrifice. And you got to renew your mind with the word of God. That's how it happens. But if you study, renew your mind with the word of God. In a general sense, I renew my mind with the word of God. In a specific sense, I am to renew my mind to God's specific place for me in the body of Christ. Everything flows when you know your place. To know your place, though, he's got to be number one. Because if he's not, you will be, and it cuts you off. You'll be in fear. You'll be leaning on your own understanding. And you'll, you'll never be able to walk in that door. And the Holy Spirit will always be on the inside of you. He'll never beat you up for that. He'll always be wooing you. Come on, just trust me. I've got a great life for you. He's wooing you and I to get out of the boat. See, he doesn't lead us in the boat. He leads us out of the boat. And everybody said amen, right?
So remember, the, the first thing you do, the first step in knowing God's will for your life is always contained in something that you do. You don't just stand and do nothing, find out the plan and then go walk it out. The first step of knowing God's will in your life always is in you doing something. You know how Paul said this, I tried to go over here, but the Spirit of God kind of constrained me. Right? And so I went over this way. That's kind of the way it works, but you got to be moving. It's like you can't steer a parked car. The car's got to be moving. So what we do, what do we do then? What we do is submitting to his word, walking in his presence in fellowship with him. I really want a new job. Submit to his written word. Walk in his presence in fellowship with him. That's the road to a new job. Yeah, but you don't, Pastor, I really want to, I really want to be married. Yep. Submit to the written word. Walk in his presence in fellowship with him. And all of a sudden, that, that spouse will just cross your path. As a matter of fact, every desire of your heart, that's how you walk in all of them. Fellowship means to be united together. God, in other words, looks for me to unite myself with him. See, he, he's already united himself with us. We're united with him, right? Christ did that. But in our life and in our behavior, we have to draw nigh to him because otherwise he'd have to, he'd have to violate our will to draw nigh to us first. Does that make sense? So it says in James 4.8, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read this because we're, we're kind of closing down now. In James 4.8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Hebrews 10.22 says it this way, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So it tells us how we draw near to him. As we said earlier, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. Do you see that progression? So this is, this is how we walk this out. So this must be a priority in our life. It is so important. You know, I, I, everything within me wants to go on, but if I start this next segment, we're going to be here till 9.30, and I don't want to do that because there's ice cream out there for all of us, right? <laughs> so this is where I want to end it tonight. You, you make a decision. Everything starts with a decision that I'm going to put God first place in my life. I'm going to make the focus of my life knowing him. I'm in all the mess in my life, all the cares, everything, I'm going to give it over to him. And then I'm going to let the Holy Spirit, literally, what's going to happen is the word of God will be first. So now I'm meditating in the word day and night. The Holy Spirit is bringing revelation. And now I'm going from a hearer of the word to a doer. All of a sudden, if I have sickness in my body, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation of some scriptures that I can grab hold of and go, oh, that's God's will that I'm whole. And then I start speaking this way. And then for my finances or my family or, or whatever it is, if, if, I, if I have a, emotional things going on, depression, anxiety, fear, terror, 
you know, I find out in the word, the Holy Spirit shows me that this is not my plan for your life. And then I start believing that and speaking that. And what I'm doing now is I'm submitted to his word. I'm walking in his presence, united with him in fellowship. And now I'm in position. I'm walking this way. And as I'm walking, he's etching the word of God on my heart. I'm now literally walking in the spirit, being led by the spirit. That's what we're talking about. Now, next, next week, we're going to have to get in. I, I want to go deeper. Where we're starting to talk about right now is looking at the pattern of Jesus so that we can be changed into the pattern. That's a big part of being led by the Spirit of God. So, so next Wednesday, we'll talk about that. Amen?